program is intended for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. The views expressed are those of the panelists and not necessarily those of Sengents, Glamour Connection, Van Garrett Media, their respective management, contractors, or employees. This podcast produced by Van Garrett Media. Welcome to the Share Your Hotness Podcast. Share your hotness. Now, here's your host, Lita Green. Hello, and welcome to this episode of Share Your Hotness with your host, Lita Green, and my guest, Kondriel Rommel. Rommel. Let me do that again. Kondriel Rommel. Okay, and you guys, just in case you're like, why is she messing up? She has a Q at the first of her name. So I feel like that's unique and exotic, right? And I already asked, I said, do you know where your name's from? And she's like, no. And I'm like, okay, we're just, that's cool, right? But that was probably frustrating in elementary school. Yeah, with the English teachers, especially. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So, because the English teachers are like, it had to have a U after it or what were they getting upset about? Okay. Because I'm no grammar uh, pro here, but that was the rule I was taught. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's pretty common in the Middle East not to have a U after the Q, but uh, it's not to my understanding in here in the United States, it's it's pretty. So do you have <laughs> Middle Eastern um, connection? I have no idea. Um, okay. my, mom, my mom was born in Indonesia and she traveled the world. So okay. um, I don't know if, if that so was. So she picked up the name somewhere. She loved it. She thought, I'm going to have this daughter. Her name's going to be Condriel. It's going to be amazing. Right. You know, just like I wanted to have twins named Monty and Moira. And my husband was like, no, Moira, that is not happening. That is not happening. I'm like, no, it's so cute. And it was my love of British things. And my dad's name is Monty, but he's like, no. Like, Yeah, my, my dad actually was the one that was um, pushing for a cue in the beginning of the name. See, just, we could just... Yes. Spend our whole time talking about um, the cues and uh, names and all that kind of stuff. But you were recommended to me because I am having so much fun. Uh, wait, was that a tear coming out of my eye? <laughs> my, my missionary son that is gone. And all I know is you have a missionary too. So tell me about your missionary. And for those of those not of our faith, when we send our young people out, both the boys for two years, the girl for 18 months, and we're so proud of them. It's like a rite of passage in our faith, but man, it's hard to have them gone because you like them so much. So Crandriel, give me, give me info on your missionary. Um, I actually have two missionaries out right now. Oh, um, two. <laughs> yeah, my my oldest daughter, she's in uh, Charlotte, North Carolina right now, and she's loving it. She's loving the people there. Um, she's <laughs> kind of adopted a, a change in, in accent, which I never thought would happen. <laughs> well, I was hoping she would. I think accents make you two points cuter. And the only accent I can do convincingly is a Southern accent. 
I mean, I can slip right into it and I can do it so well. And sometimes I can get different Southern accents, but I lived in the <laughs> South. So, but if I try to do a British accent, it comes out Southern. Everything comes out Southern. That's funny. Yeah, that's that's kind of how she's starting to sound is that Southern accent. And it's really adorable, but she's, she's loving her experience on her mission. Um, and then I have a son in Ghana. Africa. Oh, very cool. Very Two cool places. <laughs> yes. Very different. Um, I have a nephew that served in Ghana. So um, that's pretty cool. And he's gone back since several times and, and done things. So, okay. So are they leaving at, do they leave around the same time or are they leaving at kind of separate times? So it's going to be longer that they won't see each other. Um. So my daughter left last year, um, okay. towards March, April time. And my son left last November. Okay. And so, yeah, it was the craziest experience dropping him off because he was originally going to go to the Ghana MTC, which is the missionary training center, um, to help them learn what they're teaching others. And yeah. learn some language. A lot of times, mm -hmm. don't, you know, I don't imagine he took Guyanese in high school. So he <laughs> had to, yeah. is that one of the languages offered? Oddly <laughs> enough, uh, in his mission, he was called to the English speaking. So, okay. So he so was English speaking uh, Ghana. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. I didn't know that existed, but it, it does. Um, and now that he's out there, he was saying that it's more of the Queen's English. So, which is different. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if he's going to come back speaking more proper English or, <laughs> or I'm not going to be able to understand him. I don't know. <laughs> I, I would just start watching BBC now so that you, uh, you're, you're up on the, the wording. So a funny little story about the Queen's English is I was out. I was visiting my sister who lived in England and she had flown me over to, for the, she lived there for six years to babysit her kids. So she'd go on a trip because it was cheaper to fly me from Boston, Massachusetts, where I was living just North of that than to, you know, to hire a babysitter. Right. So mm -hmm. she flies me over and my little son, but anyway, we're out um, clothes shopping and my sister's trying on things that go on your legs. And I say, Oh, those pants look so great on you. And she looks at me embarrassed and everyone else looks at me embarrassed. It's because pants is referring to your panties or your underwear. So I just complimented my very proper sister who doesn't smile in pictures, um, underwear in public. So she was mortified. And instead of filling me in on the proper word, which was trousers. Oh, <laughs> so don't be talking about your son's pants because he doesn't want to be hearing about that from his mom. I'm <laughs> <laughs> like, you'd think enough American TV happened that they wouldn't all look at me like I had just said a really, really bad word, but you know, yeah, that's funny, which is funny because the, the F word is really no big deal over there. Oh, wow. But, <laughs> but pants, whoa, 
so offensive. <laughs> and like we could talk about, you know, anyway, but differences, differences. I apologize to my British listeners, which I have some of, and I'm so thrilled because I love the, I love the British. I am an Anglophile. So um, do you know why there's such an English presence in Ghana? I don't. Do you? I'm not sure. I know that they have, they have people from all over the world. They have German influences. Right. They have, um, it's just, he was called to, to speak English over there, which is good because he didn't learn any languages, but, um, prior to going, he felt like he needed to teach himself some French. So he got on Duolingo and, and uh, started learning French. And it happens that his current companion, I believe. Um, the companion being the person they're assigned to stay with 24 seven that you do not pick. So these are great skills and helping you learn how to work with people because there you go. Here's your new companion for six to three months to five months or whatever. <laughs> yeah. yeah. long. Okay, so you were saying about his companion. His companion speaks French. So. Oh, so he was <laughs> meant to. He was meant to kind of learn that a little bit. Um, communicate, I guess, have better communication. My nephew came back with being able to speak uh, some dialects and different things, and they sound just as cool as you think they do. Um, but I, I'm assuming that. Ghana now everyone's homework is to go look it up I'm assuming that Ghana must have been you know colonized by um, you know the British Empire right but um, Ghana does have a connection to a language that I do love American Sign Language so sign languages are different all over the world you know that British Sign Language I would not I don't even understand it at all and I'm fluent in American Sign Language but in Ghana they use American Sign Language because people went over to help educate the deaf people and the less developed a country is the less the rights of deaf people there and uh you know a lot of sex trafficking and you know really really hard 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 things if you're deaf um not only if you're deaf but anyway so they went over and started a school for the deaf to help teach them uh, trades and things like that and i have a friend um that helped go and um, work on a school over there and help build up a school. So I feel like I have a connection to Ghana, my nephew, my new friend, right? So what are some experiences he's having in Ghana? Like what's his day-to-day life? Like, is he living in a, an apartment in the city or is he in a hut or is he in both? What? Um, I think he's living in a, um, it's an apartment in the city. It's a, they call it a compound. I'm, I'm still trying to wrap my head around uh, understanding of the whole thing, but it's a nice building that he's living in. He so has a compound meaning like several other homes in that area and they share like heaters and things like that, or I like think water so. heater and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it, uh, he has three other companions um in there with him <laughs> so, so there's two companionships but they don't go four by four everywhere they go it's just uh, there's four um, four of them that live there 
Sometimes they do. Sometimes. Oh, wow. Um, Imagine having a four missionaries knocking on your door. You'd be like, <laughs> the FBI's here. <laughs> yeah. No, um, the people in Ghana are very sweet and very loving and, and he's just loving it over there. He has to do his own, he has to do his own laundry sometimes on the days that he has to prepare. Um, he's doing laundry most of the day. <laughs> so he doesn't have a washing machine is what you're saying. Correct. He, he has to do it all by hand and, and let it dry out. And, but he loves it. <laughs> um, now, did he do laundry when he lived at home with you, Ramel? I mean, sorry, I said your last name. <laughs> um, Kanderell. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I was, um, he was, he's a fairly responsible child. I tried to teach my kids to be responsible so that when they hit the age of adulthood, they could go out into the world and I wouldn't have any stress or worries about them. That is um, so great. When I was at the missionary training center in Provo, Utah, this elder, so a young man came up to me. They Back then they were 19. Now they can be as young as 18. Anyway, he came up to me and he said, can I ask you a personal question? And, you know, you don't date when you're a missionary. And so it was a little bit of a weird like, why would you, I'm like, okay, okay. You know, like, let's see where this goes. And he said, how do you get grass stains out of white shirts? So I guess out of all of the, the sister missionaries, I looked, so the girl missionaries, I looked the most like I could do my own laundry and could teach him how to do that. So I'm glad that you were being cognizant of raising kids that can do that. Now, how many kids do you have, Kandiro? Well, currently I have five. I, I lost a child. So that, that doesn't, we don't, uh, we don't filter that out. In my opinion, if you ask me how many kids I have, I have three, one has graduated and lives with God already, but two, I get to mess up on my own particular way. <laughs> yeah. So you have six kids. I'm going to give you permission uh, to just, to just own it. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um, what birth order, um, are your missionaries and your angel? So give me, give me the breakdown. Um, so I have, um, my oldest is my daughter on a mission. Um, and then my second oldest is my son on his mission. And then I've got a senior, well, she's a junior wanting to graduate early in high school right now. And then I have, um, I have my angel, um, and then I have um, two middle school children. Okay. Okay. So you're very busy. You have two missionaries out. Now people pay for their own missions. Did your kids earn their money or is your family having to come up with, is it, is it 400 or 500 a month right now? It's 400. Okay. So is your family having to come up with that $800 chunk? <laughs> Um, yes, my, my daughter wasn't sure if she was going to go on a mission. It kind of caught her by surprise because she really felt like she needed to serve a mission in the middle of, um, after she graduated and time was going by and she's like, I think I want to serve a mission. And then it's like, yeah, I do want to serve a mission. So she didn't really have the time to save up the money. So, right, right. Well, and in our faith, 
that girls it's um it's it's, it's required i hate to use that word because it makes, makes sound so punitive but it's a rite of passage you know like young jewish boys would have a bar mitzvah you'd be very sad if they did not have a bar mitzvah this is one of those things that we expect men to go to help them to learn to not only um, learn to talk to people and stretch their personalities, but to be um, caring and tender and connected husbands and fathers and members of the community. So, and we believe that women are more intuitively spiritual. So <laughs> little toss of the hair, we're not necessarily required to go on a service mission or something like that to learn how to nurture and care and to do the things that, you know, we need in the community. So, but I, I felt called to go called by God. And it sounds like your daughter had that same experience where she's like, this is where I'm going to go. So, you know, yeah. it's good that you guys has, could support her in doing that because that's a big chunk when you have five kids you're financially providing for, because the mm-hmm. ones in heaven are, we don't have to provide for, I joke that that's my tithing. <laughs> <laughs> it's a sick joke, you know, one-tenth of our income, like it talks about in the Bible. Right. So, um, so she, she ends up getting lots of financial support. (laughs) She doesn't need it anyway, but you have five kids you're financially providing for, you have an $800 thing. Now I have a question. Did your son eat a ton? Um, pretty much. Yeah. And he's off your insurance right now your car insurance. So I'm trying to figure out, I think it might be cheaper to have my son on a mission <laughs> between food and car insurance. Um, but my son actually um, did pay for half his mission. That was our deal. What was the deal you had with your son? Did he pay a percentage or? Well, um, it was agreed upon that he would earn as much as he could um, the, the time before his mission um, and save that up. And then whatever was, uh, not paid for, then we'd take over. Well, that's really, that's really good. Our deal was half paid for, and we had him saving at $500 a month. Mm -hmm. So he's going to have a surprise when he gets home that he's going to have some extra money. (laughs) (laughs) And then people keep giving him money, which is really sweet, you know, a hundred bucks there, you know, that kind of thing. So we're like, well, you know, that's going to go out of the part we're paying, you know, not, I mean, the part he's paying, not the part we're paying. That's what I'm trying to say. So he'll have a little, little chunk of money waiting for him when he gets home, which is, which will be nice. So what is your, um, your son's got, he's been out for about seven months. Am I doing, I just did that fast. No, since this November, end of November. Oh, okay. okay. Oh, I'm sorry. I was thinking the space between your kids having served was seven months. Okay. So, um, let's, let's be honest. Was that, were you glad that you're, they both decided to go or were there a lot of tears that you're going to have two kids gone at once? You know, I was just overly excited. Like for me, I had always wanted to serve a mission, but my path that I feel like God was directing me to was to get married and um, I had a really interesting story where um, I was going to high school and my junior year of high school, I got really anxious and really depressed. And it was like, you need to be graduated now 
or your future husband's going to marry somebody that he's not supposed to. Whoa. (laughs) (laughs) And um, thankfully I have older siblings that, that went to, um, my mom passed away when I was 10 years old and they dropped out of high school. And later on, they went back to high school through an alternative school. And so they paved the way for me to be able to have a way to graduate early. Wow. Uh, it was back in the time where there was no uh, legislation in place where um, kids could graduate early at all. And wow. so, um, so I had to go to an alternative school and I paid for my credits in order to graduate. And I graduated in two and a half months. And then I was like, okay, Lord, I'm ready. (laughs) Okay. Whoa, wait a minute. You're like 17 years old. I was 18. 18. Okay. That makes at least you're legal. Okay. I just have to breathe here for a minute. So, um, let me just back up. So, cause this, so was your mom, I mean, you were 10 years old when your mom died. Yeah. And how many kids did she have? There was eight of us eight of you. And where did you fit in the birth order? I was the second to last. Okay. So there was a eight-year-old, seven-year-old younger than you. Okay. Mm -hmm. That is, that's really hard. So who finished raising you and your older siblings or your dad or both? So my dad was the breadwinner. So he went out and he continued going to work to provide. And my three older sisters, they dropped out of high school to help um, raise us. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's quite the, quite the sacrifice to do that, you know, but they did end up getting their high school degree. Did they um, go on and have careers or did they go and have 25 children, you know, cumulatively, (laughs) what, So my, my oldest sister, she, she went on, um, and she went to the alternative school. In fact, she helped, uh, start the alternative school and, uh, she graduated from there after she was married. Um, cause she was, she was, uh, like 10 years older than me. And, uh, and so she ended up getting married two years afterwards, um, and she got married the same time that my dad got married again. Um, but uh, she ended up uh, going to the alternative school and graduating then. And then my second oldest sister, she did a, a, a mail-in schooling where she'd do the assignments and then mail it in and then they'd mail it back to her the next oh. assignment. And uh, so she graduated. So for young uh, people, they're like, a what? A mail-in school? Yes, yes, with stamps and everything. <laughs> where <laughs> now how they do everything on the cloud. That's just like mind-blowing, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And, um, and so um, she ended up, she's, she was really good at math. Um, and so she's, she's a... a teacher now and uh she loved she loves education she loves learning so that was right up her alley and she was I think she was the one that graduated the first out of the family because she was self-motivated like that good for her and then um 
And then my third young uh, oldest sister, she ended up going to the same alternative school that I graduated from. Okay. And she graduated from there. And uh, yeah, so now, now they've got, you know, families and kids of their own and and then do they all have big families too? Um, about five children. Okay, uh, well that's that's big. That's big. You yeah. know, it's, it's, that's fairly impressive, right? Um, okay, so your one sister and went to be a doctor. I mean, went on to be a teacher. Loved the math. The next one, what did she do? Um, she ended up serving a mission. Oh, okay, cool. Now you mentioned your dad getting married. How did, how did, uh, how did that go down? Well, um, kind of crazy. Uh, she was in our same, uh, congregation or okay. work. Uh-huh. And, um, I remember when, when we were in church one Sunday, this is before they were even dating or anything. Uh, I heard my mother's voice, the mom that passed away. I heard her voice in the congregation. And I turned around to see where she was. Yeah, because you're like 12 <laughs> at this point, right? Yeah. Okay. And I turned around and I saw that it was my mom, you know, the, the woman my dad married. Um, and so you heard your mother who had passed voice and through. visually saw it coming from who would become your, your next mom. I don't, I don't always <laughs> like to say stepmom. I don't know. Because, you know. Yeah. Yeah, she's not my stepmom. She's my mom because she she had three kids of her own. And oh, she was the story thickens. So now <laughs> you've got um, there's a total of eight kids. When they got remarried, only one had moved out. Correct. And so now you have seven kids with three more. So that's nine kids in the same house. Yep. Okay. That's a lot of kids. So when you say, oh, just five, yeah. <laughs> and what had happened to her husband? Had he passed away as well or? No, he ended up uh, leaving her for another woman. Oh, well, yeah, that story. Okay, let's not, let's not talk about that story. That one's not as much fun. Yeah. That's, that's a story that we're, <laughs> yeah. She's an amazing woman because uh, first off, to agree to take on eight more children, yeah. Instead of just three, you know, she could have, she could have chose to marry somebody who was, who had no children. Um, but she, she took us on and she loved us as if we were her own. And this is a good story. I like this story. Not the other woman's story. I like this story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, it was just, uh, I could imagine it was super hard for her. Yeah. So my mom uh, that passed away, she wasn't like, I didn't know it because I was one of the younger kids. Food was food, but apparently she wasn't a very good cook. <laughs> but my, my, my mom that my dad um, married, she was an excellent cook and she made these wonderful meals. And so it was like, we wanted to eat. <laughs> so she was in the kitchen trying to, trying to cook and, and all of 
the kids wanted to help and were looming over the stove because they were like, ooh, this smells good. <laughs> and here she was, you know, I'm sure she felt overwhelmed because she was like, only the people cooking in the kitchen. <laughs> now, how old were her children at the time? Were they the, the caboose of the family or? No, they were intermixed. It was, okay. um, so her oldest daughter was the same age as my third oldest sister. And then her second oldest daughter was the same age as my, uh, my second oldest brother. But okay. so it goes sister, 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 brother, brother, sister, me, and then sister. Okay. And so okay. my second oldest was the same age as her um, youngest daughter, I guess. Okay. Now let's go back to you have graduated early from high school. I was glad that you were barely 18 <laughs> and you're like, okay, God, where's my husband that you have said I need to be ready for. So let's go into that story. Oh, okay. So, um, I was there and I, I had graduated and I was just waiting and now I what does would, waiting mean? Like, are you working or are you just like home doing your nails? What, what does this mean? No. So <laughs> graduate early, first off, I had to move out um, because the alternative school was in a different city and we had moved when, when my dad got married again, we had moved to a different city. And so I had moved back to the original city that I had grown up in. And I was living up at the uh, BYU-Idaho. It was Rick's college at the time. Uh-huh. I had moved up there on a uh, contractual basis that I would live by the honor code as, as if I were a student there. Right, right. And the and honor code for uh, BYU, Idaho, BYU, Utah, BYU, Hawaii, they have, um, we live by church standards. So no opposite sex in your bedroom. Um a certain dress code which is relaxed over the years but I, my sister couldn't wear jeans I could I, I thought that was so cool um I'm trying to think what some of the other you know obviously no alcohol and and uh you know things like that but I, I can't really think of other parts of the honor code but the point is you're living by honor code which I'm sure made your your dad happier <laughs> yeah yeah and um and so in order to live up on campus, I had to get a job to pay my way. So I got a job. And so I was working my job, going to school, working my job, going to school, sleeping. Like that was my life. I had that's no not life. waiting. That's not that's <laughs> not waiting. That is that is working and going to school. <laughs> well, just just helping you on the I definition graduated. of words. <laughs> after I graduated, I had that void in my schedule. And so okay. that part was the waiting part. It was okay. like, what do I do before work? <laughs> and uh, I had gotten really close to my roommates. One of my roommates was my cousin. And um, we had had a, a fallout. And uh, so she ended up moving out. Uh, interesting story. She thought I was a car thief. <laughs> but okay well no you got to give us an overview of that story I mean 
Well, um, we were living up at the college. We were rooming together and both of us had vehicles. Sometimes her vehicle was in the shop. Sometimes mine was. And sometimes having older siblings up at the college too, like um, sometimes they'd be using the vehicle. And so she'd let me use hers. Well, my other roommate saw that we were using her car. And so they thought that it was a free for all. Oh. And I go grocery shopping and I didn't, I didn't feel like it was right to take her car without her permission. And she was in class. And so I was like, well, let's, let's wait until she gets back. And they were like, I can't, I've got class. So they were going to take her car anyway. And I was like, well, if you're going to take her car anyway, it's wintry, icy roads, let me drive. So I drove and then uh, there was one roommate that I asked to give her the message, um, but I guess the message didn't get relayed uh, properly of the whole scenario. Uh-huh. She was not very happy. And it was, um, it was like walking on thin ice. And then she moved out. So why did she get upset with you instead of the other roommate too? Because she thought that I was the one that initiated it. Oh, okay. okay. And, and she had the closest relationship to me. So she felt like uh, it was. It's one of those we uh, were difficult with the ones we're safest with. Yeah. Okay. And we're on good terms now, but um, yeah, you have to understand the component to this story because um, she really, really liked this boy and he was on mission and he was she was best friends with his sister and um so he was my brother's best friend his name was timothy and and she was all growing up because we were really close cousins all growing up she would talk about timothy romrell timothy romrell oh i I see where this story's going (laughs) i see (laughs) oh Oh, okay. Okay. I'm ready. I'm ready. (laughs) I was like, what, what in the world, you know, who is this Timothy Romrell and what's so great about him? Like I grew up with him and he wasn't all that, you know, glamorous. He was a snot-nosed kid growing up. (laughs) Well, as I tell my children, do not judge people for what they are as kids. We're all becoming, you know, resume your story. Yeah. So, so he was on his mission and, and she was head over heels over him. So I, I got enough information about who he was and stuff and, and I could have cared less. Um, and so anyway, so I went, I went to work and stuff and back. And when we had this fallout, she ended up moving in with Timothy's sister and she told Timothy's sister about um, about me being a car thief. And, <laughs> and so his whole family was, you know, thinking that I was this awful person. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and so, uh, so I, I just went about life. I went to work and, and came home and, and I was waiting for like, or working for like, two or three months before um, there was this college dance coming up and all of my roommates wanted me to 
to go with them. And I wanted to go with them too, but up at Rick's college, it's hard when you're a female because all of the males get, it, it was girl's choice. Oh, okay. And all of the boys got chosen. There's only so um, many boys and there was more girls. Yes. And they, they tended to go for the ones that had served a mission first. And oh my uh, because my brother, okay. So because my brother didn't serve a mission, I was like, well, he's fair game. And I just want to go to have fun with my roommates. So I asked my brother to go with me because everybody else was leaving town or turned me down. And so I asked him and he was like, yeah, I'll go with you. And then, so I was excited about that. And I went to work and passing by was Timothy Romrell. He's he home from me. his mission. He was home from his mission. And he was like, Zonina, which is my older sister's name. He's like, Zonina. Uh -huh. Like, no, I'm Candriel. <laughs> he's like, Oh, I thought you were Zonina. He's like, sorry. He's like, so do you have all of you have weird names. I mean, unique names. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> he's like, do you have Torque's number? Because Torque is my brother's name. And <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> what are your family's names? <laughs> There's Hannah Lorraine is the oldest, and then Tringle, and then Zonina. Ariane is my brother, and then Torque is my brother, and then Jolica, me, and then Katina. Okay, yeah, yeah. And I thought I gave my daughter a unique name. <laughs> yeah. A-I-L-S-A, Elsa, but no, not so unique. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so I asked him, uh, or he asked me for my brother's number, so I gave it to him. And then I didn't think anything of it because I was like, yeah, it's just Tim. <laughs> and, and so I went and then um, and then I saw him the next day at work passing by and he asked again for my brother's number. And so I was like, OK, here it is. And I wrote it down and then I was like, OK, whatever. And then I saw him the next day. And he asked for my brother's number. Oh, my heavens. He's not good at keeping track of numbers. <laughs> no. And, and so I was like, either he's hitting on me or he really can't remember my brother's number. So I wrote down my number and his number. And I was like, if you can remember either of these numbers, I'm like, call me and I'll do his number. So he never called me, but he showed up with... Um, you know, he, he ended up, um, showed it, showing up to my apartment with my brother, um, at one point just to hang out. And now I how's the roommate slash cousin feeling, I mean, is she worried? Is she worried? Well, she was moved out at the time. Okay. Okay. So she didn't, she didn't know. <laughs> she didn't know and that he keeps talking to you. Okay. Yeah. So he didn't really, there was no communication with me. He just showed up with my brother. So they, they were two pieces in a pod. They were best friends since kindergarten. So it was normal for me. Got it. And, uh, and then it happened like the day before the dance, my brother asked to 
um, be let out of our dance agreement because he got asked. I got it. To the yeah. Dance. And it was like, I don't want to, you know, turn this girl down for my sister. Well, yeah. Not, yeah. The sister is not the allure here. Yeah. I mean, that that's fair. Cause that's not, that's, that's uh, very much against our faith to uh, date siblings. I mean, go out and have fun totally, but you don't marry your siblings. So that doesn't work or your cousin. Yeah. So, so I was, I was disappointed. I felt like a loser because I was like, even my brother doesn't want to go with me. (laughs) And so he was like, well, I'll make it up to you. I'll take you to, so there's a a restaurant over there. It's called Big Jed's and uh, it has this plate size burger. And I, my brother had mastered eating a Big Jed. And I had always wanted my picture on the wall, (laughs) wanted to eat it. And so he was like, tell you what, to make it up to you, the morning of the dance, I'll come and I'll pick you up and I'll take you to Big Judd's and I'll show you how to eat a burger. (laughs) And so, yes. (laughs) So, so I went with him and we happened to stop off at Timothy's house along the way because he lived close there and his parents were there and his family was there but he wasn't he was at work and so um we didn't invite him and so we went to Big Judd's and my brother showed me how to eat the burger I ate the whole thing and got my picture put on the wall and and I was like so excited and but so very full I don't think I eat for a week (laughs) and then I had to I had to work for a couple of hours that day um so I went into work and while I was at work I was uh, taking a break and my coworker came back when I came back she said a boy called for you and I was like did you get his name and she said no I didn't get his name. She says, but he'll call back. And then I was like, okay, you know, and, and uh, so anyway, so he, he uh, ended up calling me back and he fresh off the mission. He was nervous. He didn't know what to say. (laughs) So he said, uh, Torque wanted to see me at the dance. And I was thinking, because I was seeing him as a my brother. <laughs> so this is how he asked you to the dance. <laughs> yeah. Now, why I, hasn't the cousin roommate asked him? I I don't know. News you, you lose, sister. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, uh, and he just got back. Like, I think yeah, so it was. He, hasn't dated or even thought about girls for two years so that's why he's like yeah torque wants to see me at the dance that's (laughs) who he used to hanging out with (laughs) yeah so he he ended up uh I was I was thinking that he was rubbing it in my face because I was seeing him as my brother's best friend right right Uh, okay and (laughs) and he's like well what do you think and I was like well, you can go if you want to. Oh and he's my like, no, what do you think about going with me? Yeah. And I was, oh. <laughs> <laughs> then the 
whole perspective changed because then it was not he's going with my brother and they're going to have a great time. It was he he wants to go with me to see my brother at the dance. And I was like, win, win, because I want to see my roommates and you want to see your brother. And this will be great. Yeah. We agreed to go. And he's like, well, what time do you get off? And I said, eight o'clock. And he's like, can I pick you up at 830? Because the dance started at nine. And I said, sure. And so we hung up and I had to call a couple of people to prepare. (laughs) So I called my roommates and I said, I need a dress and uh, I've got a date, but it's going to be quick. And so I got home and my roommates were like my fairy godmothers because they all did my hair, one got the dress and and uh, I was all dolled up for the dance and and he was so impressed with how fast I got ready. <laughs> <laughs> little did he know. <laughs> yeah, little did he know you got a team of people, right? <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and so we got pictures and then we ended up going to the dance and we, we kind of ended up breaking off because we, w- we were just having a great time together. And, and uh, we started talking about what we believed and, and they were like deep conversations. And I felt like I connected with him on a, on a spiritual level. And uh, he asked me about, well, he was telling me, he's like, my parents didn't think it was such a great idea for me to take you to this dance because oh, you're a car thief. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's like, I and now you're a boy thief. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and so I explained my perspective of the story. And then he was like, you know, I believe you. And that was important to me to uh, feel like he believed me. And um, after that, it was just, it was just so magical. Like I had this comfortability with him that I hadn't had with anybody I had dated before. And so basically when he what we learned from walked, the story is you should not exaggerate stories with people because it makes you look like a liar and you'll end up <laughs> losing the boy that you have been loved with forever. <laughs> that is the moral of the story. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so I, I, he walked me up to my apartment and gave me a hug and when he like everything felt so natural and when he left I felt like a part of me was leaving with him and I turned to my roommates when I walked in and I was like I'm gonna marry Timothy Romrell and they were laughing because they were like you're so fickle (laughs) I was was serious about it (laughs) but I don't think they took me seriously because they didn't they didn't think much of it and uh, now they are now they are (laughs) (laughs) yeah Yeah. so we we ended up the next day I wanted to call him up and my brother's like no it's the man code the man code is is you don't call your date after the day after you give them a day to think about their feeling the man code yeah right (laughs) (laughs) so I so I ended up waiting until Monday and then I called him on Monday and I asked him to go hang out with my brother and I. 
because I was still a little bit shy and nervous about the him and I alone thing. Right. And, and he would have been shy and out, nervous because he was a return missionary. That would have been weird. <laughs> yeah. They came and, and we went and we hung out together and, and, uh, and then the next day I didn't think anything of it. And then he called me the next day and he asked me to go do something. And then the next day I asked him. And so it was a back and forth. He would ask me, I would ask him. And, uh, and somewhere in the middle of that, uh, like, there was a coworker that I had that um, her son was coming in from the Navy, I believe. It was uh, he was in the military, and he was coming home. And she, I had promised him that I'd go on a date with him, and so I went on a date with him. And the whole time I was thinking about Timothy, and I was like, so much fun if if it were Tim. And that, yeah, yeah, and that to me was was telling me that you know Tim was the one I wanted to be with. Sounds like, uh, and so I I ended up um, hanging out. I didn't go on a date with Tim that night, and then the next morning, Tim calls me up, and he he says, "Hey, do you want to go?" eat breakfast at my house. And I was like, sure. So I took the car and I drove over to his house. Now a car that you owned, not one you stole. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It was, it was back in my, (laughs) my possession, the car that I drove. (laughs) And, and so I I drove uh, to his house and he was making a recording for um, one of the the friends that he made on his mission and, and he wanted me to be in the recording. And so we did a recording and he made me breakfast. And I was like, I did not feel confident in my cooking abilities. So it was a a bonus that he cooked (laughs) and he loved it. So, um, we were sitting on the, down on the couch and and he turned to me and he's like, and, and I was like, well, what now? And I was thinking he was going to ask me to be his girlfriend or something. Right. Cause that's how relationships normally happen. You date for a while and then you become serious girlfriend, boyfriend, and then you get engaged. But he, he just jumped right to it. And he was like, wow. well, will you marry me? Well, <laughs> and then I was like, what did you say? <laughs> What? <laughs> and and uh, he, he he seemed shocked himself that that yeah. came out of his mouth. And, and so, don't take and backsies. Then, yeah. <laughs> and then he kind of like like uh, reiterated it of uh, will you marry me? Like uh, coming to realization that that's really what he said. Oh my heavens! And then. I, I said yes, and the the funny thing about this is, all in high school, I, I had a bunch of guy friends, and I told them 
I told everybody, you know, I was like, I want to be proposed to at the CTR ring because that's how I'll know that it's the right person to marry. CTR meaning CTR you choose the right. Um, and we get those when we turn eight, when we're choosing to be, uh, if we want to follow Jesus by being baptized. So, okay. So yeah. that is how he proposes to you? Well, so um, he was like, oh, I'm so stupid. He's like, I didn't plan this out. He's like, I am so sorry. I don't even have an engagement ring. So he takes his CTR ring off and he says, will you, will this, can this be our engagement ring? And right then and there, I knew that he was the one that I was going to marry. And he was the one that I graduated early for. And, and I told him yes. And then um, everything from then on, I was, I asked him, I said, so when should we get married? And he had said, oh, I was thinking, so this was. So you haven't April. even kissed yet. No, we haven't kissed yet. Okay. But he cooks. So that's all that matters. He could <laughs> yeah. look it up. <laughs> well, and, and we did kiss after I said yes. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to let's wait until we're married to kiss, but he kissed me too soon. And it was nice so i was like it was uh, nice i like that it was nice i didn't i didn't say no man no way this is so fun i could clearly talk to you forever and i love how the twists of your story have turned from you know we're going to talk about missionaries to you being a car thief to you being a boy thief to you liking your first kiss graduating early to end up going out of order and getting engaged before you kissed. I mean, this is just hilarious. So I love how we can meet people and we don't know each other and we start going in and we not only find we have things in common, like we both have angel babies, but um, which is not a fun thing to have in common. And, but we also have missionaries and get to hear this amazing, fun story. I love it. So we should all talk to people more. Thank you so much, Condrell, for being on this episode of Share Your Hotness. Thank you for having me. The Share Your Hotness podcast is produced by Van Garrett Media. Lita Green is the host and creator of the podcast. Chris Van Garrett is the editor, producer, and music director. Shayla Dawn is our research coordinator. Join us next week for another episode of the Share Your Hotness podcast. Thanks for listening. This podcast produced by Van Garrett Media.